All right, glad you're with us. Right down our toll-free number. Thank you, Scott Shannon. It's 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. Big breaking news expose caught on tape. Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, fake news CNN. Yeah, one of their uh, technical directors uh, on tape. Yeah, uh, we got Trump at CNN. We, we're the ones that got him out of office. And then going on to say, yeah, admitting that fake news CNN, they, they brought in medical experts. Yeah, we did that on purpose to create a story to damage Trump because, well, we didn't really have much else to do. And then admitting that, yeah, we, we tried to uh, portray Joe Biden as, a, you know, a, a healthy older person, like show him when his aviators on, et cetera, et cetera. Remember that tape of him in the basement bunker? And, you know, you got the take and then you got the retake. Oh, should I put them on? No. I mean, it's just so obvious what they were doing. And just in a way that they they put him in the candidate protection program. It's all on tape. Our goal was to get Trump out of office. It's on tape. We'll play it later in the program at the start of our our next hour. Um, Climate change will be the new COVID fear that they're going to sell. So, so it's everything extreme, radical, democratic, socialist, extremist, which is everything that we've been telling you that they want to do. Now, I want to go back. There's a lot of new news um, as it relates to this case in in Minnesota and the shooting that took place over Dante Wright. And a, a, a lot of news that we better start paying attention to. And there were all these incidents, and we, we described them in detail. The, the case of this Army lieutenant, and uh, Nazario is his name, Karin Nazario, and that what happened in Virginia. Then, of course, we got the body cam footage of a police routine, although there's no such thing as a routine traffic stop in New Mexico, getting killed by the person that gets out of the car, kills the cop or all the injuries of police officers around the country, or the many police officers whose name you have not heard that have been killed in the line of duty this year alone. And I, you know, and then you see the, you know, here we go. It looks like we're headed right back to where we were last summer, unfortunately, and none of it is any good for anybody, any place, anywhere. And it is, it's, it's, it's getting ugly out there and it's getting very, very ugly, you know, and, you know, we, we've got to now when you get to a point where a city manager like the one in in Brooklyn and in Minneapolis that now says, well, I'm not going to rush to judgment. We're going to have due process. And that person gets fired for saying they believe in due process. Now, just as a side note, you know. Biden even said there's absolutely no justification, none whatsoever, no justification for violence. Peaceful protest is understandable, which is progress for him, especially in light of last summer. And he went on to say, we've got to wait to see what the investigation shows. Biden, for once, got it right. The entire investigation. Yes, you've all watched, I assume, as I did, the body cam, which is fairly graphic. The question is, was it an accident? Was it intentional? That remains to be determined by a full-blown investigation. They actually fired the city manager for this. Now, in what's happening in Minneapolis, you have the GOP blasting the Democratic governor for smearing police and, 
in his post post shooting statement, you know, smearing all officers. You know, now we have, you know, our state mourns another life of a black man taken by law enforcement. And now we also have a tape of the officer in in question. And now this officer, by the way, was a female officer by the name of Kim Potter. Kim Potter and the chief, Tim Gannon, have now resigned from the Brooklyn Center Police Department in outside Minneapolis. And in light of the eruption of more violence and looting and all the stuff we saw last summer that the media mob ignored and refused to call rioting and the Democratic Party, Joe didn't even mention it at the DNC convention. And you had, remember, if you could recall, this was back in what September of 2020, Kamala Harris, you know, praising the group Black Lives Matter, not people chanting. And there's a distinction. The group that that is on tape chanting, what do we want dead cops? What do we want them now? You know, pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. The group is different than some people after the the death of George Floyd saying Black Lives Matter. Very different from the group. We make that distinction. But anyway, now the police officer, uh, we have a, the body cam video, and you can hear this police officer. Her name's Kim Potter. It's out in the public domain. Otherwise, I wouldn't give out anybody's name here, as is, by the way, um, Dante. So, I, I, again, I, I, I just wait for others to to release names anyway he's 20 years old dante wright what the if you listen to this now you're getting a different picture there does need to be a full investigation here we need to find out how this went so wrong because a 20 year old is now dead and you but you can hear the cop now i'm not the biggest fan of tasers and i've gone through this in great specificity and great detail on this program why it's it's it's, I, I don't like the strings attached. I don't like, I'm, I'm just not a fan of it. It's a, it's a close range, close encounter option. I like the idea of non-lethal options for police. I don't think this is the best one, my own personal opinion. And I think there are two things that, well, really three things. If you want to solve these problems completely, you're going to have to deal with one of them is you're going to have to have more specific training for police officers, and it's got to be like lifelong learning all throughout your career. You continue to to go back to the academy again and again and again and get refresher courses. I think part of that training has to be some level of, of martial arts training, some level of conflict resolution training, how to talk people down that might be on edge or might be on drugs or whatever situation they're facing. Uh, also, people have got to understand that a cop never knows. There's no such thing as a routine, you know, traffic stop. It's never routine for the cop because the cop in that situation and drivers, every driver needs to acknowledge and understand that the police officer that's pulling them over has no idea who you are, except whatever information might have popped up on their screen or if they called in the license plate. And they have no idea what to expect on the other side. As we saw in the New Mexico tape that was released yesterday, cop blown away in broad daylight. And they don't know what they're to expect. So they're on edge right from the top. And there's got to be an understanding of the public also. And, and it's, we've got to teach our kids how to deal with police. 
And how to, uh, to me, it's a yes, sir, no, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am situation. It's not the time to argue why you were pulled over. It's a time to just de-escalate and comply with whatever the police officer is asking you to do. If the police officer says, put your hands outside the car, okay, open the car door, put your hands uh, behind your head and walk backwards, you do it. That's what I would do, and that's what I tell my kids to do if they ever get pulled over. Uh, I think everybody, you know, has a part to play in all of this. So part of it's training. Part of it is is both sides have to want this to work. If you listen to that, uh, that entire tape, you know, l- look at the way New York police are being treated now with a billion-dollar cut to the NYPD. We saw last summer, we saw them being, you know, huge, massive buckets of water being poured all over their head. There's a tape that came out this weekend. And police are in a squad car and they're being harassed and they have these these little pig faces that they're putting on the cars and calling them pigs. Listen to the whole tape here. What's your bag number? You got a partner too? Oh, I like that. You got a partner, yeah. That's sexy. I like the fact that you got a partner. You're 60 credit dirty. For this dirty mother When we catch them and they dirty allegations. That's a pig. That's a gift for you. And and things are on edge. Now, the police officer is now resigned, but we do have a tape. And on the tape, and this is why you don't rush to judgment. This is why you believe in due process. One time, Joe Biden got something right. And on the tape, you hear Officer Potter. Now, if you're in a closed situation, in this case, that there was resisting arrest, there had been an outstanding, apparently a gun warrant when he was pulled over by Minneapolis police. I don't know. It's not been reported yet. I've not seen anybody ask yet whether or not that information popped up in the cop's car, whether they knew, in fact, that it was that this arrest outstanding gun warrant existed. Um, But he did start resisting arrest. And and that's when things started to escalate. And then in close quarters, you can hear the the police officer, this woman by the name of Potter, Officer Potter, start saying taser, taser, taser. And then at the end, oh, Schiff, I, I just shot him. And the argument that the police chief was making yesterday that it was an accidental discharge that she had planned on using the taser, which is why she was warning everybody at close range. That's a danger to everybody that's there. Listen. So you hear taser, taser, taser. Oh, shit. I shot him. Now, could it be? A tragic accidental shooting. I'm not the judge and jury here. I'm just giving you facts. And and so you understand that that part we know. And there's going to be a full investigation into all of this. And we're not going to rush to judgment like so many others do so quickly. 
I don't know, and I assume at some point we'll find out uh, whether or not the police knew that Dante Wright had been sought uh, after failing to appear in court on charges that he had fled from officers and possessed a gun without a permit during an encounter with Minneapolis police in June. I'm, I'm, I don't have the answer whether or not they were aware of that when they pulled uh, Dante Wright over and he was wanted. There was a warrant out for carrying an illegal gun and he had fled from cops once before when they tried to enforce the warrant. And, you know, like the New Mexico case, we saw when the cop pulled over a guy politely asked him to surrender his gun. Well, that cop's family is now making, you know, the they made funeral arrangements for that cop. Uh, does it help when politicians immediately rush to judgment like the, the governor of Minnesota? No, that doesn't help the situation at all. Um, it's even that much more unfortunate in light of the events that are unfolding with the trial of Officer Chauvin in the George Floyd case simultaneously. So tensions are already high on this. Um, all right, we, we're going to get to a lot of this. We're also going to welcome back to the program Sergeant Dimitrik uh, Penny uh, from the Dallas Police Force, 21-year vet, Horace Lorenzo Anderson. You might recall he lost his 19-year-old son in the, the Chop Chaz Autonomous Summer of Love Zone last summer, and community activist and friend of, of Horace Lorenzo Anderson Sr., uh, Andre Taylor will be with us as well, so we'll get to that. We'll have the James O'Keefe tapes exclusively on the show and much, much more. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Um, some bizarre statements of Anthony Fauci that have been uh, coming out. And and I'll tell you where this is going. And, you know, look, my advice to all of you, just to be very clear on the vaccine, is this. Read every single thing you can get your hands on. I strongly recommend that you educate yourself. There are three separate vaccines, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson. There's been a, a halt, temporary stay on the Johnson & Johnson uh, vaccine uh, as six women, temporary halt of the use, uh, developed blood clots. This is out of nearly what seven million people that have received the, the vaccine. Six women apparently had issues involving blood clotting. One that died. The FDA announced the pause, say a half dozen reports of rare, severe type of blood clot in patients that received the vaccine. And and they're looking into it. But six out of six million. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not here to talk you into or talk you out of what what you're going to ultimately decide for yourself in consultation with your doctor. There is a wealth of information out there. And I, and I strongly urge you to even seek out opinions that maybe specifically differ from what your own opinions are. And then bring that information with you to your doctor and have the conversation. And then ultimately you're going to decide, you know, when we now have gotten to a point where we want to vaccine shame people. Like, for example, Dr. Rand Paul will join us at the top of the hour. Rand Paul went public. He admitted he had COVID. He now has the antibodies. Antibodies usually, you know, begin to decline over a period of time as your, your body adjusts. But then there are what are known as T-cell antibodies. I'm not going to give you the whole medical understanding of it. That would still recognize the, a virus that previously had been inside the body that they fought off successfully. 
Then you have this whole issue of vaccine passports, which I am totally, completely against. And I'm also a big believer in medical privacy. You know, I, I, I got to the point, I'm so sick of, you know, there's, there's like this vaccine shaming movement going on. You're an anti-vaxxer. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Neither is Rand Paul. I know what Rand Paul's position is. He'll tell you, I'm sure he'll probably mention it. He, his position basically is if you're over 40 and if you're overweight, he recommends as a medical doctor, I'll let him make the recommendation himself, that you probably get, need to get the vaccine. He's not an anti-vaxxer guy. Um, but then on the other hand, somebody that has natural antibodies may not want to get the vaccine as quick. And then, But that's something personal. That's a decision between you and your doctor. You know, I noticed that there was a report out now. Erie County Executive Mark Polencars, I don't know how to say his name, giving it my best shot, says all fans will need to be vaccinated to attend a Buffalo Bills game this season. Quote, and it literally says on this, returning all fans to stadiums, no need for mass testing to buy a ticket. Using this uh, new pass app, you can enter the game assured of your safety and all others uh, at the game are vaccinated. No vaccine, no entry. What about people that have natural antibodies? There, now, I don't know specific conditions, but there, there might be specific medical conditions that, that give a doctor, a medical professional, pause for one of their patients to get the vaccine. That should be personal and private. You know, I'm trying to understand why, why does anybody think they have a right to know what other people's personal decisions are? That I'm having a hard time understanding. I mean, are we going to now, you know, are you, have you ever been vaccinated? Now, as long as, now stores certainly have the right to tell you that if you want to enter the store, you want to enter the stadium, you want to enter the concert, you got to wear your mask. Uh, but, you know, I get very nervous at the idea of a passport. People choose to do it. I guess that is a choice that they might want to make. I'm, I, I'm just to the point where it's like, man, we want to get intrusive into people's lives. Make make a smart, educated decision in consultation with the medical professionals in your life that you trust the most. That's my best advice for you. I don't think it's my position to be telling people what to do. And I, I'm, I'm advising you to get educated, to be smart, to talk to medical professionals. I don't want anybody else dying from COVID ever. All right, back to this other issue. So top officials now in, in Brooklyn Center in Minnesota, there's just there's one right after the other. Now the police chief has resigned. The police officer involved in this case is now resigned. Uh, now there's, there's a push to ban police from even carrying a firearm when they make a traffic stop. Did anyone miss the New Mexico body cam video yesterday that was released of this officer murdered? Routine traffic stop? Do they have a right to go home safely, too? And then others say, well, we, they're going to ban cops from using tear gas and, and rubber bullets. Well, what is the alternative for dispersing a crowd? I, 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 I mean, who's ever going to want to be a cop these days? You see the environment that they're working in. And I am still, even at the height of all of my criticism of the deep state and those that abuse power, those that were corrupt, 
Even the many now admitting, oh, knowing what we know now, no, I never would have signed off on that FISA warrant using that Russian disinformation that always was Russian disinformation, that never was verifiable, that was paid for by Hillary Clinton, which they knew, and they knew from Christopher Steele himself and from the subsource, you know, very early on when they kept renewing the warrant based on the dirty dossier, that in fact it was all BS. I'm putting that aside. So they've now resigned. We have members of the squad now calling for an end of all U.S. policing. I'm not making this up. Congresswoman Tlaib is now posted on Twitter that in light of the death of, of Dante Wright, that it wasn't an accident. Okay, I guess she's not going to be allowed on the jury. She's now made a definitive conclusion uh, if there is such an indictment or a case, there has to be an investigation. You can hear the police officer saying, taser, 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 then, oh, shift, meaning, uh-oh, I just shot him. It sounds like the officer meant to fire the taser, which is what the police chief said yesterday. And when the city manager said we need to process, he was just fired, even though Joe Biden Actually, for the first time, I could say in his presidency, actually got something right, which is that we all watched it and and it's very graphic. Was the question is, he says, was it an accident? Was it intentional? That remains to be determined by a full blown investigation. Wow. Joe Biden is actually right. Right about something. Um, We now have a new crime wave. Now we have now we have the taunting of police all over the country. This incident that happened over the weekend in New York City is bad, where they're taking little figure- figures of, like, pigs and shoving it in the faces of patrol officers in their car and threatening them while they're in the car. And we saw what happened last summer, and this idiot mayor of New York doesn't do a darn thing about it, nor does the governor. So now we have squad member Talib saying it's time to abolish the police. The, the police... Literally saying it's intentionally racist, can't be reformed in the aftermath of this shooting, which we've not been able to draw a complete picture on yet. We will over time. It wasn't an accident. Police in our country are inherently and intentionally racist. In many major cities, if not most, police departments are majority minority. Majority minority police officers. And she's saying that All police officers are racist. No more policing, no more incarceration and militarization. Okay, how's that going to work? From slave patrols to traffic stops, we can't reform this. Okay, then Biden now also when is, you know, there's no justification for violence, he says, and rioting in Minneapolis. Then why is it happening? It's not what Kamala Harris was telling us back over the summer. They're not going to stop. They shouldn't stop. It's going to continue. And, you you know, take note. You be warned. Beware on both levels. Remember this? But they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's they're not. This is a movement. I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. And and everyone beware because they're not going to stop. It is going to they're not going to stop before Election Day in November. And they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't they're not going to let up and they should not. And we're not going to let up. They should not. We should not. 
Looks like the White House has halted plans to create a National Police Oversight Commission. will instead focus on changing policing through legislation, according to the Director of Domestic Policy, Susan Rice. We'll see what that evolves into over time. Uh, you know, we went over the, the past issues. I don't I would like an answer to the question of whether or not the police were aware of the warrant for uh, Dante Wright and the specific charge that was involved because it had to do with a firearm and policing. But um, it's also a question of, too, you know, we, we need we need people need to understand how to how to be how to handle being pulled over. And police need also conflict resolution. Sometimes the tone and how you speak can make a big difference. I've also, um, I'm going to show videos tonight on the show. Uh, I've talked about that I'm not the biggest fan of tasers. I mentioned that I don't remember. A friend of mine is actually the one that turned me on to this product. It's called Burner, B-Y-R-N-A. We'll actually show you on TV tonight. We'll post it on Hannity.com after TV tonight. And their videos, and these are, it's it's got a five magazine capacity projectile with two separate types of tear gas. I'm sorry, two, two specific types of pepper spray and tear gas. Although you can't have the tear gas component in the state of New York, of course. So I have to buy the other one that's less, you know, less, this is a non-lethal alternative, but less effective. And I'm going to show you, and you're going to take a look at this thing. The good thing about it is because I'm, I'm a customer. I bought mine. And a friend of mine told me about it. And what I like about it is it gives me and gives others an opportunity short of a shotgun or a pistol that I have, you know, all strategically located all throughout my house. But it gives you an alternative to, to the firearm. And it's also for people that just are afraid of firearms. They just are. Maybe this is something that they they would feel more comfortable with. Um, I happen to be a, a Second Amendment enthusiast. And I just, you know, I, I wish I could shoot more than I do, but I can't because my hearing is, you know, after 33 years of radio, it's pretty shot. And <clears throat> I, I can't stand it because sometimes when I go shooting, I, even with in, interior and exterior uh, hearing protection, I'll still get ringing in my ears, and it drives me up a wall. Uh, the GOP House members have proposed a constitutional amendment to prevent packing the Supreme Court. Uh, if Joe Manchin and Chris, uh, Kristen Cinema keep their promise to preserve the filibuster, the results of a new poll would probably explain why. In West Virginia, uh, the nonprofit Foundation for Government Accountability, 52% of likely voters said they support keeping the filibuster. Only 32% oppose it. In Arizona, very similar results. 53% say they, they want the filibuster to stay as it is. 33% say they oppose it there. Now, what's the guy's name? The other senator, Mark, whatever his name is, from, from Arizona, uh, he's up for re-election in 2022. Between that and the border wall, that could be an easy pickup state. A lot of talk Herschel Walker may run in the state of Georgia against Raphael Warnock. Warnock actually has admitted that he signed an email containing false information about a, Georgia's election integrity law. Yeah, that's the one that Joe Biden was calling Jim Crow 2.0. They lied through their teeth about it because it is far more inclusive than anything Delaware ever had or con even contemplated. It's more inclusive than New York. 
it's more inclusive where they move the Major League Baseball All-Star game to Colorado, which I will not be watching. My own personal choice. I'm not leading a boycott. I don't participate in boycotts. And, you know, and if if now you're going to need a passport to get in to go see a Buffalo Bills game, I will not be going to a Buffalo Bills game. And with all the politics that they're sticking in sports now, I'm sick of it. One of the reasons, you know, I love the fact that if you look at a, a football crowd on a Sunday, if you look at a baseball stadium, you get people, all backgrounds, all political points of view, and they're there to enjoy their home team and escape a little bit from the stress of life, which we're all feeling, especially in the last year plus. And nobody wants to go there and get lectured or hear politics. We want politics. Well, you got the shows like this. You got Hannity on TV. You got other shows. I think it's time that give people a break. They want a break. And sports was that. But now they're losing that. And people are just fed up. They don't even want to go. They don't want to get lectured. They want, they want to be able to. Everybody, all political points of view, all backgrounds, races, religions, they cheer their home team. That's a common it's something that bonds people of different points of view for once. We love our sports team. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, toll free. Our number is 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the uh, program? Well, Project Veritas has now struck again. Now, I've said this many times. Forever, Donald Trump has branded CNN Fake news. And by the way, the rest of the media mob also. And they're mob. Why do I say, Hannity, why are you calling them a mob? Because they have a mob mindset. You know, and if you look back on all of these issues that we, we run through our list where we were right, they were wrong. We were right about Russia, 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 Russia. We were right about Ukraine, right about impeachment, right about Mueller, right about, you know, going back early in my career, Richard Jewell. We were right about Ferguson. We were right about Freddie Gray and Baltimore. Uh, we were right about Cambridge Police, UVA. We were right about Duke Lacrosse. We end up being right, 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 right. And nobody's ever going to write that. No one's ever going to tell that story. And meanwhile, your media mob peddles lies and conspiracy theories constantly. Now, we got a quick update from James O'Keefe last week, which is a huge win in the New York Supreme Court, where he now gets to challenge and and frankly, Discovery, which will now be Project Veritas's next step of the New York Times based on false reporting of him. And by the way, Sarah Palin, uh, her case has advanced as well. Uh, now they have struck again and this time listening to a CNN technical director, a guy believing that CNN got Trump out of office, uh, admitting that CNN brought medical experts to create a false narrative and story to damage Trump because they had nothing else, uh, admitting that CNN portrayed Biden's health in a way that, that got him through the election and saying straight up CNN's goal was to get Donald Trump out of office and then saying, yeah, now we're going to move on to climate change uh, the new COVID fear that they will sell. It's all on tape. Let me play it for you. Look what we did. We got Trump out. I am 100% going to say it. And I 
100% believe it, that if it wasn't for CNN, I don't know that Trump would have got voted out. I really don't think so. Really? I think if COVID had, I think if COVID hadn't happened, it wouldn't have mattered what covered, and Trump would still be in office. Oh. I, I no, I believe. No, I, don't think I, I came to CNN because I wanted to be a part of that. Yeah, I mean, like Trump, we did it. Like when Trump uh, was, uh, I, I don't know, like his hand was shaking or whatever. Like that. We brought in like so many medical people to like all tell a story that like it was all speculation that he was like neurological damage, like that, that he was losing it, he's unfit to you know whatever. We were we were creating story there that we didn't know anything about. You know, we were, so that's that's I think that's probably it. Um, we had nothing else to run with at that time. We were like just taking shots off the bow, just hoping something would hit. You know. So the campaign showing him jogging was obviously a deflection of his eight, and they're trying to make him like oh, healthy. Is that what we did? I, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? We would always show shots of him jogging, yeah. and that I'm healthy, you know, blah blah blah, and him in aviator shades, and like, as, like you paint him as a young geriatric. I like so many arguments about like my dad be like, you're. Um, you know you're voting in Kamala Harris because he's gonna die in the presidency. And I'm like, I can die. Right, I don't think he's gonna But die. I'm okay with that. Right. I'm okay with that. I think she could she be probably a be better, but she probably could be a in like a board meeting yeah. and you'd hate her as a boss. But she's real and better than what we've had right. regardless. Yeah. I don't I don't see I think I, I think we got him through this term. I think there's just like a COVID fatigue, so like whenever a new story comes up, they're gonna latch onto it. They've already announced in her office that once the public is will be open to it, we're gonna start focusing mainly on climate. Um uh, climate, like global warming, and like that's going to be our next. Like, um, it's our. It's going to be our focus. Like, uh, like our, our focus was to get Trump out of office, right? Without saying it, that's what it was, right? So our next thing is going to be for climate change. Who uh, decides that? The head of the network, like just. Who's that? Is that Zucker? Zucker, yeah. I imagine that. He's got his council, and they've all like discussed like where they think. Um, so that's like the next pandemic, like story, like that will, yeah, that will will beat to death. But that one's got longevity. You know what I mean? It's not like there's a definitive ending to the pandemic, or you know, like it'll taper off to a point that it's you know not a problem anymore. Probably think it's going to take years, so they'll probably be able to milk that for quite a bit. You know? so, so. so, climate change overload. Be prepared. It's coming. <laughs> um, unless that was just a call to arms to get people to start writing, and, and then we'll assess it. I don't know, but. Do you think it's going to be just like a lot of like fear, like climate? Yeah, fear sells.
All right, joining us now with uh, some insight into all of this, he is the founder, the CEO of Project Veritas. Uh, we had him on last week about his big win in the New York Supreme Court. There will be discovery and his case against the New York Times, uh, which will be a great test case, just like Governor Palin's, as it relates to the standard of reckless disregard and, and proving malice if you're a public figure. Uh, James O'Keefe is back with us. Uh, you want to talk about a bombshell. Wow. This, I mean, you can't be any more flagrant in exposing and expressing an agenda and abuse of bias of an audience in a country than what CNN is admitting here. Yeah, Sean, this is probably the most explosive tapes we've gotten from within inside CNN. Charlie Chester, CNN's director, one of CNN's directors, and this is a guy who witnesses what happens in the newsroom. He's friends with all these people. And he says, quote, look at what we did. We, CNN, got Trump out of office. I 100% believe that. Trump would not have gotten out unless CNN, and he says, I quote, I came to CNN because I wanted to be a part of it. And what's most interesting to me, Sean, is, is, is Charlie's admission in this tape. He, Charlie works for CNN and has for some time that they don't want people to know that's what CNN's intent is. There's this one quote where Charlie says, you know, even though that's not what we're saying we're doing, we're doing it. And that's the part that I think is the most shocking, because I think if CNN would just go out publicly say, hey, we are the Biden administration, and uh, we want everyone to know that, but Charlie here is making sure that while they're doing this, they're trying to hide this from the American people. And that's the part that's disgusting, because Google and Twitter all rely upon CNN to be their assignment editor. Their algorithms prefer CNN's news, if you want to call it that. So they need to come out publicly and admit this, uh, Sean. I, th- I think that's a big part of this. I mean, you know, look at at Jack a little late admitting, oh, yeah, we should have published the New York Post story. Now, I could tell you right now that, that I know for a fact, having been briefed on people that have that hard drive of Hunter Biden, which has been authenticated, I'm not even able to legally take possession of it without putting myself in legal jeopardy. And I think you understand exactly what I'm telling you. Yes, yes. Well, you know, this is one of those bombshells where there's multiple installments here. And, um, you know, he talks about how the climate change is going to be replacing COVID as the fear mechanism. He says fear fear sells. It's pretty, I mean, if you haven't seen this, I encourage you to go online, YouTube, our website. It's actually trending on Twitter right now, which is ironic since Twitter, Jack Dorsey has banned Project Veritas from Twitter, but the story is still trending. They can't stop a good story like this one. And and this is Charlie Chester at CNN saying that fear sells. So the new thing is going to be climate change and uh, and he, he, these these are just Sean. This is just so devastating. I I, I think he's going to be fired, uh, or trying to get confirmation from the network. Uh, indeed, he's taken down his LinkedIn page. Charlie Chester, the director, has taken down. Well, why his is he going to get fired? I mean, he's implicating also the president of CNN, and and that of course being Jeff Zucker in this tape. He's well, saying I it's coming it from the top. And by the way, I mean, all you have to do is look at their coverage, and you can see that what he's saying is absolutely true. It's true, but, you know, we live in this Orwellian age where you're not allowed to say that quiet part out loud. In fact, one of the quotes from Chester, the director of CNN, 
is that he actually uses the phrase quiet part out loud. So it's all, everyone knows this is true. This is not shocking to your audience, but it is the first time ever we've had a director at CNN say it verbatim, say, quote, we are trying to help Biden, quote, we are trying to get Trump out of office 100%, quote, without saying it, that's what it was, and our next thing is going to be climate change awareness because fear sells. And, and listen, I mean, I, I can't emphasize this enough. Twitter and Google prefer this propaganda network as part of its algorithms. So there needs to be congressional hearings. I mean, if this is an FEC issue. They're, they're, they're preferring a candidate. The tech companies are, are, are preferring this crap and, and, and labeling it news. And, and CNN's going to fire this guy, probably, Sean, I'm willing to bet that's what's going to happen, when he's just relaying the truth about their network. Now, he's participating in it. He's going along with it. And that's why I think he well, that's is. Well, he actually says that's why he went to work there. That's why he went to work there. So he's not innocent, but I think they're between a rock and a hard place because rather than change the behavior, they're going to terminate anybody who's honest. I called Oliver Darcy and Brian Stelter. Oliver Darcy hung up the phone on me uh, a little while ago, and we are trying to get comment. I would encourage your audience to publish the story. It's already got a million views. Uh, get it out there. You know, I, I had answers. a rare moment where I sent my team a tweet from me uh, to Humpty Dumpty. Any comments about this? <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. They keep doing those sorts of things because I think that's putting pressure on the network to react. No, I'm not allowed. I'm only like entitled to one tweet a month that comes from me uh, because my staff just feels protective of me. And I have too many late hours, you know, fighting Alec Baldwin and Jimmy Kimmel and, and other lefties out there. I do need to get some rest and get some sleep as well. All right, quick break. We'll come back. More with James O'Keefe on the other side. 800-941-SEAN is our number. We'll get to your calls as well. All right, as we continue, he's the founder, the CEO of Project Veritas. James O'Keefe is with us. But there's something profound and important here. I'd be negligent if I don't ask you my predictable question, which is important because you even teased it when you released this today. And we'll show it on Hannity tonight. You'll be our guest tonight on TV. And I think people really need to see it because it becomes even more believable when you see the person saying this and the confidence with which it is stated. And that is there's a lot more to come, apparently. Yes, this is a multi-part series. This is headlined part one. It gets worse. Uh, The next installment probably released tomorrow. After this is, you know, like I said, this is now trending. Uh, I'm looking at the Twitter right now, number number six, number seven worldwide. Uh, the next installment, they're talking more about the COVID numbers and some fraud and malfeasance and some and some things they've done on the screen to to foment and uh, uh, basically fraudulent. I don't know how else to put it, fraudulent journalism, and they admit it in part two. So um, we're looking for a reaction from Matt Dornick, who's the communications person at CNN. Uh, right now, Sean, their strategy is to go radio silent and not utter a word. So uh, I think they're going to be forced to, and I appreciate you putting it on to camera because I think the imagery of this guy's face is... Oh, I'm sure it'll be all of Humpty Dumpty's unreliable liberal leftist socialist sources uh, this weekend, I'm sure. Meanwhile, they obsess over all things Hannity and Fox News 24-7. I mean, it's like these, these people are just... They need to get lives... 
Listen, great work. Um, when will we expect the next installment? Is it tomorrow or the day after? Because we want to book you in advance. It'll be tomorrow, and it's, it gets, trust me when I say, the content is more shocking than today's. And keep in mind Jeez. one more thing. We're gonna, we you know, I, I, I admire you for doing it this way because you make people focus on one part of every story at a time because it's often hard to absorb it all. On the other half, I want to, in a friendly way, we've, no, we've known each other for years, I want to strangle you because, you, you know, here you're laying out this huge tease. I'm like, what is it? What is it? I couldn't wait to find out what I got for Christmas as a kid, and I used to scour the whole house to find the gifts. Well, we have to do it this way to circumvent. They're, they're trying to deprive uh, a comment, but absolutely, Sean. And one more comment. We sued the New York Times. We intend to sue CNN for defamation as well. And this is what we have to do, hold the media accountable. You're going to hold, you, so you're announcing a CNN lawsuit. Yes, and I'm happy to talk to you about on your show today. Yes, we, we were defamed by Anna Cabrera. She, she made some false statements, so we are going to be suing CNN for defamation. It's about discovery. We've gotten past motion to dismiss in New York Supreme Court. In that defamation lawsuit, we're going to do it again at CNN. And uh, stay tuned. I can't wait to come on your show tonight. All right, James O'Keefe, thank you. We'll show you this at 9 Eastern on Fox all right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Thanks for being with us. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. So a lot has come up as it relates to Dr. Anthony Fauci. We now know how political he is. And it's gotten very, very frustrating for so many on so many different le- levels. A year ago, and we've played this many times now, he goes on 60 Minutes. A mask is going to help. Maybe it Maybe it'll stop one little droplet, but that's about it. Wearing a mask is stupid. You know, now emerging into uh, not only you must wear the mask, now you wear two masks. And now he's actually saying that even if you're vaccinated, people have to be careful indoors. You can't go to a bar. What's the point? You know, we need COVID booster shots. We may need that uh, down the line. You need a universal wearing of masks for the next hundred days or maybe in perpetuity or longer. I'm like, when does this end? Then we got this whole issue of vaccine passports. And another little phenomenon has happened as well. I I happen to believe in something called medical privacy. What I've been advocating people to do, I, I am not a doctor. And even if I was, I'm not your doctor. And if I'm not your doctor, I, I ought not be telling you whether you should or should not be getting a vaccine or what is in your best medical interest. Um, I could tell you what I know and all the experts that I've interviewed. And I could tell you that, yeah, the the initial two articles uh, that went out on on HCQ, for example, had to be rescinded. And now we have, starting with the Henry Ford study, now seven separate studies that prove that, yeah, it actually is pretty helpful. Ivermectin is another treatment that many doctors we've had on this program recommend. We, we, we've gone into deep depth on this program about Regeneron and Eli uh, Lilly's version of it, etc. And it just gets frustrating. Here's Fauci. Just These are his most recent comments. And then Senator Rand Paul, also a medical doctor, will join us. So should we be prepared to get COVID vaccine booster shots now every six months, 12 months, like we get the flu shot? Is that something we should plan for? You know, we need to be careful about that six-month number. The study only went out as far as six months. So we know for sure it's effective for six months, but it's highly likely 
that it will be effective for a considerably longer period of time. No, it's still not okay for the simple reason that the level of infection, the dynamics of infection in the community are still really disturbingly high. Like just yesterday, there were close to 80,000 new infections, and we've been hanging around 60, 70, 75,000. So if you're not vaccinated, please get vaccinated as soon as vaccine becomes available to you. And if you are vaccinated, please remember that you still have to be careful and not get involved in crowded situations, particularly indoors where people are not wearing masks. And for the time being, until we show definitively that a person who's vaccinated does not get the subclinical infection and can spread to others, you should also continue to wear a mask for the time being. Well, I would just get back to what the president said even before he was inaugurated, that we need a universal wearing of masks. He said for at least 100 days, it may well go beyond 100 days. Everyone should be wearing a mask. They should avoid congregate settings. They should keep their distance and they should wash their hands as often as possible. We are not out of this yet. We had 80,000 new infections the other day. Now's not the time to declare victory prematurely. We have not won this yet. We will win it, but we haven't won it yet. And my advice is simple. I would read as much as possible. I mean, we have so much information available at our fingertips. I would read people, seek out dissenting voices on all of these issues. And then in consultation with your doctor, then you make up your mind and what is in your best health interest. That's, That's my recommendation and make the best choice for you based on, again, consulting with the doctors that you know, love, trust, understand your medical condition. Now, the FDA did announce a pause with the Johnson & Johnson vaccines. Six women out of about 7 million that got the J&J vaccine uh, developed blood clots. One died, and the FDA announced a pause, saying they were a half-dozen rare, severe type of blood clot. Uh, apparently more in the inside the navel cavity of all places. So something to pay attention to. Rand Paul's uh, isn't like me now. I think he's pretty much had it with Dr. Fauci, the great Dr. Fauci, the expert Dr. Fauci, when all the models, all the predictions, all the the early recommendations were proven wrong. The only thing that proved to be right is that older people were more susceptible of hospitalization and, and potentially dying of covid. That remained constant. Dr. Ram Paul, welcome back, sir. Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I think at the very least, Dr. Fauci ought to have to pay attention to his own scientist. So scientists at his own institute this last month came out with a study that says if you've been infected by COVID and you've recovered, that you have immunity to all the variants. And yet he comes before our committee after this study's already been published and says, oh, we don't know if you might not have immunity to the variants. Well, his own institute has a study saying that if you've had the disease naturally, you do have immunity. The CDC has also come out and said the studies indicate if you've been vaccinated, you don't carry the disease and you don't transmit it. But he has this upside down. He says that we can't come out from Joe Biden's basement until we definitively show that those vaccinated can't transmit the disease. Shouldn't it be the opposite? Shouldn't the government have to prove that somehow people that have been vaccinated are transmitting the disease 
to tell us we should stay in the basement and wear a mask and don't go to restaurants because the, the, the science of vaccines has historically shown that when you get a vaccine, if you don't get it, you also don't transmit it. And so what science is he basing this on? He's not basing it on science. He's saying someday we might know the answer. But until we know the answer, you need to cloister and hide and stay in caves and stay down in Joe Biden's basement. But the thing is, the reality is all the science points towards when you've been vaccinated or you've gotten the disease naturally, you, you, you should get back to normal activities. Okay, I I'm the, I, I tend to agree with you and my friends that are doctors. But again, I'm telling everybody, make your own decision. There's something else that happened, and you spoke out very forcefully on this this one issue. Now, you stated publicly, you decided to disclose, and I, I don't understand the obsession of everybody that is in the public eye. I got COVID, and they're tweeting out, I have it, I have it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if I did ever have it, I would say I'm not telling anybody. I'm, I, I'm, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just more of a private person than your average bear. I have no idea, but... Um, but you did it from a medical standpoint. I understand why you did it. And I don't know what your tre- course of treatment was. I think I interviewed you about it at some point. And but the point is, you have even if even if your antibody levels go low, correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Paul, but T cell antibodies would remain and would have a remembrance of the fact that COVID had already been inside your body. Correct. Yeah, so far they're not. All the studies are showing that you have a memory response. Antibodies peak for a few months, and everybody's antibodies will go down. If they didn't, what would happen is the body would be overwhelmed with the protein of antibodies because every infection generates antibodies, and you'd have too much in your blood. Your blood would be full of antibodies and not very functional. So it's normal that they go down. The memory response is an amazing thing. This is one of the most amazing things about immunology is that You have people who had the Spanish flu in 1918. They measured their immunity in the lab to see if their T cells had a memory response. Ninety years later, they had a memory response. The SARS vaccine, which was another COVID vaccine, not vaccine, infection from 2004, they've measured people's immunity. Seventeen years later, they still have a memory response. And here's the thing. People say, oh, you might still be able to get it. Well, maybe, but if you have a memory response, what it does is it minimizes it, and if you get it, you either have a subclinical, asymptomatic, or mild disease. They need to quit scaring people. In all likelihood, those who have had it have significant protection and will probably have protection for quite some time. This also goes, and one of the reasons why kids may be more um, protected is that kids probably get colds more often, and about 20% of colds are in the same family as COVID-19. They're coronaviruses, not identical, but they share some of the same antigens or foreignness. So if you've had a reaction to a cold, a coronavirus cold, that means you have some circulating immunity and some memory response that helps you fight off COVID-19. So when they said COVID-19 was uh, novel, they weren't exactly right. It was a novel disease, but it's related to a family of things that your body has seen. So we do have some immunity, most of us, to this uh, to this virus. Let me ask you what your thoughts on the vaccine, vaccine shaming, uh, vaccine passports, and Fauci saying now, now all of a sudden he's just started saying this. No vaccine is 100% effective, and it's still not okay to eat or drink indoors, even if you're vaccinated. Then what's the point? 
I'm absolutely 110% opposed to a vaccine passport. Your own medical uh, decision-making is yours. It's your private decision to make. And here's the thing they're completely discounting. What if you're 25 years old? I've got a 25-year-old niece who's a teacher in Texas. She's already had it. She had it and had no symptoms or very few symptoms. Should we mandate that she be vaccinated? Should we mandate that she carry a vaccine card? She's already had the disease. She had no symptoms and didn't get sick the first time. We're going to mandate people get vaccinated against their will or to carry these cards around. We're not going to let her on a plane. Look, I had it naturally. And so far, I've just made the decision not to be vaccinated. But people people tried to shame you, didn't they? They tried to put pressure on you. But meanwhile, you were even though you already had it, you you have natural antibodies, as we're discussing. But you also are have no problem. You wear your mask. You socially distance. You you are doing all the things that they told us to do. You're you're willing to abide by those rules for the consideration of others. And meanwhile, most of them already got vaccinated themselves. But yet they yeah, try. It, I, I looked at it. They tried to shame you into getting a vaccine that you don't seem comfortable getting at this point in your life. Well, the thing is, is everybody should make their own uh, assessment of their own risk. So, for example, if you're over 80, all the vaccines are way more safe than the disease. The disease is, is, is difficult for over 80, over 70, over 65. If you're obese and over 40, it's a, it's a bad disease. And I would recommend vaccine for all those categories. But if you tell me I've got a 22-year-old son who's in good health and who's very thin, you tell me, oh, he's got to get, you know, the AstraZeneca or the Johnson & Johnson. I'm going to say, look, even though the risks are very rare, and I would recommend those vaccines for people at higher risk, for my son who's 22, I wouldn't recommend it, frankly. And, and everybody should be allowed to make their decision because his risk of death from the disease is about one in a million. And, all, and the other thing is, is if you were thinking about it, I would recommend you get your antibodies tested because about a third of the public has already had this. Many of them don't know they already had it. If you've already had it, why take any risk with a vaccine? And you're already part of herd immunity. But nobody's even talking about this. Nobody's doing any antibody tests to see if they need a vaccine when they're at low and, risk. And by the way, people are not hearing you. You just said if you're overweight or over 40, you recommend people get the vaccine. That's what you just said. But people will take people will isolate your other comments about your 22 year old son and they'll accuse you of being an anti-vaxxer. Meanwhile, you just said what you recommend as a medical doctor. Yeah. Eighty percent of those hospitalized are overweight. And so really, when people try to say there's this predilection for race or this and that, there really isn't so much. It's obesity and age. It's age number one and it's obesity. And here's the thing Dr. Fauci won't tell you, and if he were worth his salt and he wanted to save lives, he should be on CNN. He's on there 10 times a day. This is what he should be saying. He should be saying the monoclonal antibodies can and will save your life, but you have to go on when you begin to develop sort of a bronchitis before you get too sick. If you that, wait that, and By the way, sick. that's Regeneron. I, I can't yeah. even pronounce the Eli Lilly version of it, but there are two versions of it, correct? Yes, and the interesting thing is this. Not only will it save your life, there was a study out this week that says these monoclonal antibodies that Regeneron has and Eli Lilly has, they can actually suppress the disease at an earlier stage as well. So they're expanding their use to earlier and earlier stages. But let's say you're 40 years old. I can't make you lose 50 pounds. If you're 50 pounds overweight, it's going to take you a year anyway. But what I can tell you is if you're 40 years old and you're 50 pounds overweight and you get sick, 
I'd go in and get the monoclonal. By the way, I can I can get I can have you lose forty pounds in forty days with uh, the NJ diet. It actually works. You lose a pound a day. Uh, Doctor Paul, Rand Paul, Senator Paul, whatever you want me to call you. Um, thank you for being with us. Thanks a lot, Sean. Quick break. Right back. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. I right, news roundup, information overload hour, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza? All right, we continue to follow um, the events as they're unfolding in Minnesota. Uh, the update news-wise today, the officer that was involved in the shooting of Dante Wright uh, has now resigned. The chief, Tim Gannon, has also resigned from the Brooklyn Center Police Department Uh, The Minnesota GOP blasting the governor for smearing police in the in the post shooting statement. I mean, you have this poor city manager guy that was fired for saying exactly what Joe Biden said. You know, was it an accident? Was it on purpose? You know, we need a full, complete, thorough investigation. Now, if you go back to the summer, you might remember we were one of the few shows that were actually telling you the truth. You remember the autonomous Chaz Chop, Summer of Love Zone, Spaghetti Potluck Dinner Zone, and City Blocks taken over, police precincts taken over, police precincts burned to the ground like in Minneapolis, the rioting that took place after Kamala Harris encouraging and even supporting the bail fund for people involved in the rioting. Remember, she she also said they're not going to stop and they shouldn't stop. Listen. But they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's they're not. This is a movement. I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. And and everyone beware because they're not going to stop. It is going to they're not going to stop before Election Day in November. And they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't they're not going to let up and they should not. And we shouldn't let up. Take note of that on both levels. Beware, she says earlier in that tape. Okay. um. Now, there is some real questions that have emerged here. I don't know the answer. That's why you need an investigation. We do have something uh, in this country that is called due process, presumption of innocence. And I know that for everybody that, you know, the quick, easy narrative uh, is is just the intellectual, lazy way to, to describe things. I, I've gone into great detail how police in this country need far more training than they have. I have talked at length, and I I have no financial interest in this burner gun, but I I am a happy customer, and it shoots literally projectiles. You you have a a magazine capacity of five. They just recently announced new products that they're bringing to the marketplace. But within the... The projectile are two tear gases and one pepper spray. I'm actually going to show tonight the impact it has on disabling a a perpetrator of some kind without killing them. A non-lethal yet effective means. I'm not the biggest fan of tasers because that's got to be close range. Now, I want to play the officer in this particular case. It's a, a female officer, the one that I just told you resigned in this case. And I want to play her saying taser, 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 and then saying, oh, sugar, shift. Uh, I just, you know, I, I just shot him. And the police chief saying it was an accidental shooting. And Joe Biden even saying, well, we need a full, thorough investigation. Let's play it. 
Taser, 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 meaning because if you're in the general vicinity of a taser being fired, you better watch out. I, I'm not a fan of it. I, I much prefer the the weapon that I have purchased myself. Um, I just think it's a better product, and it gives you a lot more flexibility, a lot more range than a taser does, and more accuracy, and it gives you more more opportunities to stop somebody without having to reach for the firearm. Um, joining us to discuss this, Sergeant, uh, Sergeant uh, Dimitrik Penny is with us. Remember, he's been a longtime friend of the program, 21-year veteran of the Dallas Police Force, president of the Dallas, Texas National Fallen Officer Foundation. Uh, Horace Lorenzo Anderson Sr., he's back with us. Remember, he lost in the autonomous Chaz Chop Summer of Love Zone. Uh, his 19-year-old son, is Horace Lorenzo Anderson Jr., is only 19 years old, this, this young man. And also family friend Andre Taylor is back with us. Uh, thank you all for being back with us. Horace, it's great to have you back on the program. I don't think anybody ever recovers from losing a 19-year-old son or a daughter. How are you holding up? One day at a time, and thanks for having me back, man. I was, I, I had been thinking about you a little bit. I said, man, that Hannity was all right with me, man. Like, I kind of missed you a little bit, so I'm glad they'd be well, back you, with you, you, again. you. Andre knows how to get a hold of me. We, you know, you can pick up a phone <laughs> and call me. I, I, I've come to be very fond of you, and I care deeply about you and your family, and, and yeah. the, I feel terrible about the pain that you went through. Andre, it's good to have you back, too. How are you doing? I'm doing well, John. It's good to hear your voice, man. Uh, Thank you for having us back. Horace, let me ask you. You just heard that officer. You see what's happening. It seems like, uh uh-oh, here we go again, starting in, of all places, Minnesota again, right? Right. And you heard the police officer. The city manager's fired for saying, hold on, we got to do a full investigation due process. Joe Biden even said as much. What's your take? I think they need to start doing start doing something now instead of they always want to do it. It's it's only obvious what happens. You know what I'm saying? Everybody is here. You can hear it. You know, you've seen it. You hear it. It's that's terrible. I mean, wow. You know, that's another parent that's got to deal with that. You know, and I can, who I feel that parent, man. Is you know, you'll, you'll never get that child back. You'll never be able to hold that child again. You know, so that's terrible. That's terrible. Yeah, and you know, Andre, you and I have had long discussions both on and off the air about this. And that is better training, non-lethal alternatives. You hear the cops saying taser, taser, taser. And then the police chief saying, yeah, it was an accidental discharge. And when she ended up not firing the taser, but her firearm, she says, oh, what are your thoughts in a case like this? Well, well, let me say that, you know, uh, my organization, Not This Time, is the only organization that has brought forth true legislation police accountability legislation, but that legislation didn't happen without law enforcement. The FOP uh, joined us, uh, Wall Cops and Wall Specs, some of the three largest police unions in the state of Washington. I am not of the mind uh, to uh, villainize all law enforcement officers because I know in order for us to go forward, it's going to take a collaborative effort from community and law enforcement. And so sometimes in these situations, what happens is, is people begin to believe that you know, uh, all law enforcement officers are evil and there's intent to kill. And uh, as an African-American man, I could say that I've developed some great relationships with law enforcement officers that have personally... You see, this uh, is actually a cool thing that you're, you're involved in here, and that is you're proactively working with the police to prevent incidents like this from happening. But again, do it preemptively. And, and find ways to integrate a better relationship between police and the neighborhoods that they're serving and protecting. 
Yeah, but it's not an easy route because people, you know, they uh, they they don't they dislike me for that. They dislike me because they feel like if you have any progressive understanding of law enforcement and you want to partner with them to change something together, then you are the enemy. But my argument uh, with individuals that feel that way is that what other legislation has passed in this whole country, but our legislation, Initiative 940, where we brought law enforcement together with community, that is the only time something has changed in this country. And in order for us to continue to have change, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a collaborative effort of community and law enforcement coming together to rectify some of these situations that we are dealing with. The reason why some of these continued things continue to happen because no one no one else has come together with law enforcement to make something happen. We are the only ones that have done it. So, uh, so what we say is that you know just believe the work. You don't have to believe me. You can believe the work. The work has already substantiated that you need to bring people together and not separate people. And, and that's what I'm about. You know, uh, Sergeant Dimitri uh, Penny back with us. You're listening to, you know, Horace Lorenzo Anderson as, you know, he lost his 19-year-old son in that Chaz Chop autonomous zone in, at last summer. And you're listening to Andre proactively working with the police. This is something that's been important to you, but you also are the president of the Dallas National, uh, Texas National Fallen Officer Association. Uh, you know, people don't seem to know. I, I put the names up of a lot of officers that died already this year that were killed in the line of duty. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, you know what? I, I want to first offer my condolences to Miss Anderson. You know, I followed his story really closely, and I empathize with his pain. You know, as somebody... Uh, you know, who, who growing up in the inner city, you know, at the age of 16, I witnessed my cousin get killed in front of me the day before her wedding day. You know, that changed my life. But I will tell you that law enforcement, the, the way these guys treated my family is what changed me. That, that's what inspired me to want to become a police officer. Now, I will tell you that 27 years later, that death still impacts me the same way. I can see the incident. I can see everything that happened, but I can't even see my cousin's face anymore. So I can tell you that, yes, that there is trauma associated with that. And every family that goes through these, these type of crises, they, they, they will deal with some level of crisis. But I will say that, look, last year we lost 20,000 people to, to, to gun violence. And you know what half of those shootings happened at? They happened in the, in the, in the city. Right now, there's about 4,100 uh, uh, people that have died from shooting violence. And guess what? They're happening in the inner city. So at a certain point, we got to say we're going to police ourselves. We got to do something that something to make people in the community feel that they're not victims. We don't want to push police officers out of our community because you know what? When you do that, the the, the the people that are trying to victimize people, they're gonna have free get free reign to just take advantage of people and kill people, hurt people exactly how they did in the chop. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be one of these guys. I'm gonna always advocate for the interest of police, and I'm gonna always advocate for the interest of the people who can't advocate for themselves. That's what I've done with the Fallen Officer Foundation. I'm going to continue doing it. A lot of people don't like my position, but my position is always for what's right. At a certain point, we're going to talk about what's right and not being victims. We, I'm not going for the, the victim, the victimhood that's being pushed in the media, that's being pushed by Camilla Harris and, and all these, you know, all these, these people that are pandering to, to the left. I'm not going to go for that because, you know what, that's not what helps us. What helps us is, 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 is holding us accountable. For our own behaviors, when we do wrong, when we do wrong, yes, things will happen. But the bottom line is, we want to work together with law enforcement to fix these problems. Let me go back to uh, Horace. Um, you know, you you watch this, and, and everybody can understand. There's not a person listening to this program, Horace, that doesn't understand uh, that you don't ever recover if you lose a, a 19-year-old kid. 
Uh, I look at the, the life of, of Dante Wright and, and whatever struggles he was having, you know, this life is about redemption, too, and about an opportunity to always be better and, and strive to be your better self. Andre and I have had long conversations about that. And, and you see that this happens every weekend in every big city. I can come on the air every Monday and give you the, the shooting count, the death count out of a city like Chicago, and they never fix it. Right. They don't even lift a finger, Horace, to fix it. Right. Yes, it's 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 done got way out of control. You know what I'm saying? I I just want to thank the officer for you know giving this condolences. I've never met you before, you know, but it's nice to hear hear somebody say you know they 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 understand my story because it ain't just it, it really is. It's not my story. It's a it's really the world because there's a man. We we talked about this before. Without the youth, we have no future. So if the, if we continue to let these youth just kill each other, kill each other, kill each other, then we where's our future? Because the kid, the children are our future. You know what I'm saying? So without them, we can't move forward. We can't do nothing. So somehow we need to come together to protect them and you know make them feel protected to where they don't have to feel like they need to run out and go get guns and and protect themselves. You know what I'm saying? And start coming together as a community. You know what I'm saying? And coming together as fathership. You know what I'm saying? And 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 parents. You know, parents need to come together and talk and and have these have these little meetings and have their kids there. And you know you know branch out. We need to, we need to do more branching out. We don't need to defund the police. We need to work together. Everybody need to work together. Together on this, you know what I'm saying. It's sad that you see it on TV. This happens, that happens, this happens. The police and everybody wants, you know, you just to point the finger at everybody. But what everybody fails to realize is, if you if you're not a part of the solution, then you're part of the problem. You well, know, so you right? know, I'll tell you, Andre. I, I I will tell say this to you. I know a lot of police officer friends, and Sergeant Penny can back me up or disagree if he wants. And they are afraid to do their job now. They are afraid yep. to do their job. You know, and, and they fear that if a situation develops, first of all, anybody ever resisting arrest, being arrested, that's never going to look good on on video. It's never no. going to look good. No, no. Yeah, and yeah. You know well, well, let me just say, let me say this. Let me say this. Um, I think that uh, a certain level of transparency is, is necessary. There are issues in policing, and there's also issues uh, in community. Right. We, we, I mean, that, that, let's just be clear about that. There are issues in some policing and there are issues in, in communities of color with violence. So, so we can understand that. Let me but ask what you I quickly in this final question. Let, let me ask the question this way. You saw the videotape mm -hmm. from Virginia, this lieutenant, army lieutenant, that got sp sprayed with pepper spray. That's what right. should the cops have done better and what should the driver maybe have, have done differently? Well, again, I think there is a level of transparency that needs to be uh, brought forth. And I think that uh, if people learn to listen to each other, you know, and, 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 and stop feeling like they have to be afraid if there is a contact with an African-American male, um, there is issues with that. I'm going to ask you all one final question. really want a very specific answer. Now, let's take the case of this, this Army lieutenant gets a new car, a new Tahoe, has, doesn't have a regular plate, has one of those dealer plastic paper plates, gets pulled over. Okay. Uh, the police are, he, he puts his hand outside, he followed the command of the officer, put his hand outside the door. Police keep saying over and over again, exit the car, exit the car, exit the car, exit the car. It goes on for quite a long period of time. At another point, finally, after the police reach in, try to open the door unsuccessfully, 
Then they used pepper spray mace or whatever it was that they used, an agent like that. And uh, and eventually they end up letting the guy go. What could the, and you're working on both sides of this, Andre. So I want an honest answer. I just want your perspective. There's no right or wrong answer, although maybe there is. Uh, what what do you think police in that case might learn and do better? And what about people that are pulled over? What can they do better to help police understanding that every police officer is scared to death, not knowing what's on the other side of, you know, there's no such thing as a routine traffic stop. I think that both sides are scared to death. And I think that we need to pause and uh, just be able to explain what the situation is. If the if the lieutenant was asking, can you explain to me why this is going on, I think that the officer should have paused and explained it to him so that he can have some clarity. I think that that's what the problem escalated, because people were feeling like, listen, I'm feeling violated, and I want to know why this is going on. And I think if people pause and just have a real mature conversation to explain this is the reason why this is going on, I think that would have been a better outcome. Sergeant Penny, I'm sure you pulled over many people in the course of your career. Your thoughts on that videotape? Absolutely. First of all, let me say that that was not a a textbook traffic stop. Uh, These officers got out with their guns out, Uh, even even from a tactical perspective. I mean, it was dangerous from what they did. Even if the individual had a gun or, or whatever, tactically that was wrong. You know, if they thought something was happening inside of that vehicle, they should have done a felony stop. And, and every officer that's been trained, we've been trained on this type of stuff. So training, the approach, the tactic, all that was wrong in that, in that, um, in, in that video. And, in fact, it escalated when, he, when the one officer went up to the, to the vehicle and, and started making all, you know, get ready to ride the wave and all that kind of nonsense. That's not how we talk to people. And when you start, start disrespecting people, start... Uh, uh, you know, mistreating them. Of course, you're going to have a certain level of. of, of you, th- you think it was too authoritative, and and the guns probably shouldn't have been drawn that early. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I wouldn't. I didn't feel. I mean, I don't know how long he rode before he pulled. A hundred, a hundred seconds. But when the lights went on, he did put on his I, emergency blinkers, and he and he drove to a safer position to to park the car. Right, right. And I was going to say that that's fine because we want people in a lighted area when they pull over. But we right. approach and we do all these things. And, and when I'm talking to citizens, I want citizens to listen, comply, listen to the words that are coming from me. Because you can talk about how afraid you are. I get that. But let's get out this vehicle so I can make sure nothing else is in this vehicle, so I can clear it and figure out why you didn't pull over immediately or whatever I need to do. Let's do it that way. And everyone talking about they're being afraid and this, that, and that. Look, we're never going to get anything done with everybody being afraid. And frankly, I don't want any police officer on side of me that's talking about they're afraid. Let me, t- well, I, let me tell you what I what I, I think tone could m- make a big difference. How you say things, Absolutely. sir. I just this is just a routine traffic stop. Um, we just for for, our, for your safety and ours, we're asking you kindly to please exit the vehicle. Say it, well, say it feature. like that. Just try it. That's Maybe you, you can have your, <laughs> you can have your your hand on your gun, but you don't necessarily have to have it drawn. Or if it's drawn, have it pointed down um, in a safe position, of course. And but, but I don't but I don't again, I don't I don't know why they they felt the need at that point. They'll have to speak for themselves. And on the other side of it, Absolutely. what I tell my kids and, and this is for any kid. This this is not a race. This is not about race. Is that when an officer says exit the car, I would say, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. That's how okay. I was raised to deal with law enforcement. Let me get you home for tonight. 
right? Don't don't argue with the police. Ever. Not where you want Ever. to test your case. Call, right? if, you, if you have a problem, call me, and we'll 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 take it from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. No. Horace Lorenzo Anderson Sr. will give you the last word on this. Um, I kind of agree on both ends because, I mean, you know, as a as just being as a civilian myself, just being pulled over right now, it it's the way that you react to how the police did. They jump out with guns and everything. Now everything done got, is, is, thrown, is thrown away. It's, um, I don't know what's going on. I, now I'm scared. They're definitely scared. So anything I do now could be a certain move. Hey, he's reaching for a gun or he's doing this. So now you'd be so scared now when right. you get pulled over. All you want to do is just put your hands up in the air and just, you know, just kind of like agree with the police officer just to make sure that thing is going on. But then sometimes you have those certain police officers that kind of overdo their job, you know, and want to wrestle you down and, make you know, rough you up and do all that. And you'd be like, man, he just pulled me over for a ticket. So I agree with both ends. And, you know, we just need to come together and just understand that we're still all human beings. Everybody has to go home. That officer has to go home to his family. I'm trying to get home to my family. So there's no difference. There is no racism. There is nothing that has nothing to do with it. We're human beings. Amen. So, Amen. It, it just well, it's good to catch up with you guys. You know? uh, yeah. Horace, we're still praying for you and the rest of your family. Andre, it. you got a you got a special place in our heart on this program for all the good work you're doing. We appreciate it. And if we could ever all help right. you, let us know. And Sergeant Penny, uh, you're a rock star. Thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Thank all you, right, Penny. All right, eight hundred nine four one. Sean, toll free number. All right, let's say hi to Steve. Is in New Orleans today. What's up, Steve? How are you, sir? Glad you called. Great. Thanks for taking my call, Sean. I want to jump right in on this because I know my time is limited. I've been listening religiously to your show for the last five years because of the work you guys have done with the Russia hoax, Mueller probe, all that. It rings true to me because in the last 15 years, I have operated a small moving company where I do all the work, including all the driving. In wow. the last 15, year, last 15 years, I've been pulled over 45 to 50 times for traffic violations that I didn't commit or that were not even traffic violations at all, including looking at a state patrol officer in Missouri and touching my head. I have had numerous officers pull up alongside me, profile me, and in some cases get back behind me and pull me over. And numerous times I've had a dog falsely alert on my vehicle when there was nothing in there. And in, some, in one particular case, I was put into handcuffs for two hours while my van was systematically disassembled. Can I can I ask you a question? What? How do you get pulled over forty five times in how many years? Uh, Fifteen. How, I mean, do you have a heavy foot? No, I've never even gotten a moving violation in my life, Sean. I've never been arrested. I've never had oh. any out. I don't have any outstandings. This. I've been wanting to call and talk to you about this for five years now. This is a personal situation. I have eight of the fifty warnings sitting in front of me in my home office desk. Well, what office. is the profiling that they're seeing in you, do you believe? Well, so I'm Caucasian. I am of German and Greek background. I'm olive skin. I have a shaved head, tattoos. I think I fit some kind of ridiculous profile, archaic profile of what is used still in law enforcement. That's my belief. But Okay, let me I, ask I, you, of the, of the 45 times, how many of them do you think you were treated properly in? I meaning from the, meaning about, from the time that you pulled over... How they, how they treated you? How many times would you say they did it appropriately? Uh, inappropriately, the vast majority. I don't think any law-abiding uh, citizen of this country with no criminal record should be put in handcuffs for two hours because of a dog falsely alerting on the vehicle. 
I, I, I think what, that what is, is a dog falsely alerting, meaning that they smell drugs or? Yep, that's exactly right. It's happened to me about five or six times, ironically, too, in Dallas. Well, me, do, you, do you have your own truck or do you rent a U-Haul that maybe did have some drugs in it? <clears throat> yes. So that is definitely part of it. Um, that I do all renting of vehicles, but some of these are cargo vans. And so, you know, smells can linger that, and there's a possibility that there were drugs in it. My issue with this is first and foremost, that there weren't, there was never a traffic violation ever committed. I drive in the safest possible manner for my safety and the safety of my cargo. And that's, that's just how it is. So when I get pulled over for looking at a state patrol officer and touching my head, then there's a problem there. That, that can't be used as a rational explanation to pull somebody over just to see who they are. I, I, I don't see how it can be viewed any other way than that. If I'm speeding, I, if I'm Listen, I, I know a lot of people, and I've never heard of anything like this in my life, just so you know. And I'm not, I'm not, I have no way of knowing whether or not all this happened. I'm just taking your word for it. I mean, you're saying that touching your head somehow triggered a profile uh, or, you know, I, I'm not sure if your car passes that a dog would smell, you know, drugs from a, a previous haul from U-Haul uh, just by you passing by at 40 miles or 50 or 60 miles an hour. That, right. that doesn't make sense to me at all. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I just don't I, I can't comment intelligently on what you're telling me because I have no idea what the, all these circumstances are. It seems very odd to me completely. Right. And, and, and uh, I, I don't want to get in a dispute with you. I would just say to you, and this is my recommendation for anybody, is, and I've been pulled, I used to have a heavy foot. I don't anymore. And unlike, I don't have the, quite the gift of gab or the track record of C.L. Bryant to, you know, can talk his way out of anything, apparently, as he mentioned yesterday, which was pretty funny. But I would just say my, my general attitude is yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. That's it. And I'm not stopping that at all. And I have had an instance, one in my life that was negative. Every other instance, the, the cops were professional. And in the one case, I, I think this cop was having a bad day, didn't particularly like me when he figured out who I was and wrote me five tickets. And I sat there and I said, thank you, sir. And I went on my way and then I hired a lawyer and, you know, paid the fine. They all they really want is the money. They don't even want the points on your license. Uh, I'm sorry you went through it. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I would say to everybody for your own protection, you know, I, I would urge everybody to follow the commands of, of an officer. If the officer says, please exit your vehicle. Yes, sir. Here are my hands. Show your hand, you know, cause you want to go home. And there has to be some level of understanding that police officers, that police officers are, their jobs are hard and they have no idea what they're getting into. A lot of times. Anyway, thank you for the call. Um, let's say hi to Steve is in Kentucky. Steve's a truck driver. And by the way, there's nothing you buy in any store that you can't thank a truck driver for. What's going on, Steve? How are you? <laughs> hey, Sean, I'm good. Uh, the reason I'm calling is uh, for us truck drivers, uh, if we get pulled over, usually it's to do like some kind of inspection or something for to make sure that everything's okay. I'm a flatbed truck driver, so... Uh, they also had the inspecting cargo real good too for that. So um, if anytime I get pulled over or I pull into a scale, I I say hello, good morning or afternoon, whichever it is to to the officer, 
ask him what what's he need and get what he needs and do you find most officers are, are doing a good job professional yeah they they do an excellent job uh they uh for me i'm courteous i i don't want any trouble with highway patrol or dot or anybody else i just want to get down the road so if i get pulled over not a problem i'll do what they ask if they have a problem then i'll deal with it later on down the road i'll let my dispatcher and all that know and then just try and remain as courteous as possible to these guys and yeah i I mean there's got to be listen you don't want to be a number or a statistic or have something go south. You want to go home. You want your kids to go home. You want to live in a safe neighborhood. You want safe streets. You want law and order. And there's, there's, there's got to be some understanding. Unfortunately, there is always going to be the 1%. I can't stop that. But, but in those cases, it's even still, yes, sir, no, sir, I will comply, sir, whatever you say, and just just if you have to take it and then then you can call your lawyer later and argue later and i i tell everybody never argue about a ticket when you're on the road never yes sir i apologize i wasn't watching it you know i didn't think i was speeding but if you say so i believe you that's it take the ticket you want to challenge it do it later all right that's going to wrap things up for now uh hannity tonight nine eastern fox news Mike Tobin on the ground in Minnesota again tonight uh, on after the curfew goes into effect. Let's see what happens. Hopefully nothing bad. Dan Bongino, Larry Elder, Leo Terrell, uh, Lindsey Graham, Ted Cruz, James O'Keefe, 9 Eastern, set your DVR, Hannity, Fox News. Hope you'll join us. We'll see you tonight. As always, thank you for being with us back here tomorrow.